More missiles reported around Ukraine as Ukrainians flee the city of Kherson, previously under Russian control. CBS military analyst Jeff McCoslin joins us. Jeff, good morning. It's my understanding today many of the missiles that were uh, fired by Russian troops overnight were intercepted by uh, Ukrainians. Is, is that correct? That's true. The majority of the missiles that were launched and what may have been one of the biggest missile attacks on Ukrainian cities since this war began were intercepted by Ukrainian air defense. That being said, a significant number did get through, and we now have a number of cities across Ukraine that are experiencing a loss of power, places like Lviv, the capital Kiev itself, Kharkiv, etc. As Mr. Putin continues this onslaught focused on the civilian infrastructure of the country, the electric power grid, and the, and the water supply, quite frankly. Right. The critical infrastructure is what's getting hit the most, and it includes a maternity hospital. I believe that was hit earlier this week. Uh, do we know anything about the devastation that came with that hit? Well, the good news is, uh, with the reports I've seen, is there were no casualties, but that particular maternity hospital in Herson was hit. It was hit just a, shortly after two babies actually arrived. And, you know, one of the interesting statistics, I think, right now that I keep looking at is number 7 million. That's the number of children across Ukraine that are deprived of immediate access to electricity at any given moment based on the attacks Russia is now doing. Wow, yeah. And the infrastructure has been an issue in terms of as a as a target uh, for Russians. It's been an issue for the past several months. And we, we haven't really heard too much on the nuclear power plant front, especially when it comes to that Zaporizhia plant. Um, is there Are there any developments in that area, or is that sort of simmered for the time being? The, the uh, International Atomic Energy Agency out of Vienna, which has been monitoring what's going on there in Zaporizhia, has said the situation there appears for the moment to be stable, though the staff is under enormous strain. There has not been uh, missile or artillery strikes around that facility for some time. But, you know, we have to keep in mind that Ukraine has a, a large number of electric, uh, nuclear power plants across the country, and a lot of them are also dependent on external electric power for the cooling of the reactor and the cooling of spent nuclear fuel rods and the like. So this attack on the electric power grid of the country could actually trigger some kind of a nuclear disaster at one of those plants if power was shut off to those facilities as well. Yikes. And this is something that has been discussed uh, throughout throughout Europe and throughout other ally countries who are looking at this situation. And earlier or last week, rather, when the president of Ukraine visited the U.S., the U.S. pledged to promise more support. Are we hearing that same sort of pledge from other countries, particularly within Europe? We, we are. The French president, uh, Mr. Macron, just announced yesterday a significant increase in military assistance being provided to Ukraine. And we're seeing that across Europe. Now, that being said, is is it sufficient? Should the Europeans do more? Absolutely correct. They all should do more uh, within the means that they have. One of the problems we have right now, though, is we really, no one imagined a war would last this long. No one has still uh, the the industrial base that we had even during the Cold War to rapidly generate massive amounts of ammunition, particularly things like artillery ammunition or tank ammunition. Uh, As we see the Ukrainians, probably in any given month, going through somewhere around uh, 90,000 artillery rounds a month, which is about half of the entire annual production here in the United States. Wow. Wow. That, that is a staggering number. And in terms of, uh, I understand, peace negotiations are exa- aren't exactly on the table at this moment between Russia and Ukraine. But there, there are some reports that I was reading earlier this week that the war could be over as soon as next August or so. In, in your opinion, Jeff, do, do you think that's possible during that time frame or do you think it's going to take a lot longer to get this resolved? 
It's possible, but I don't think we're going to see a negotiated settlement by next August or the latter part of 23. I think that's possible. But at the moment, I don't see any likelihood of negotiations beginning. Mr. Putin gave a talk the other day in which he said, well, he'd be happy to negotiate with others about settling the war in Ukraine. But he, he never said negotiate with Ukraine. He, he said, you know, with others, being that he thinks Ukraine is basically a puppet of the West and is not worth uh, talking to. At the same time, his foreign minister gave a speech, Mr. Lavrov, in which he said, you know, we will negotiate when the Ukrainians accept the reality that these four provinces that we have annexed are part of Ukraine, when they've denazified, which means when they get rid of the Zelensky government, and when they accept the security conditions that we demand, which would be things like forever denouncing any possibility of joining the European Union or NATO. And if, the, and if you don't accept those, then the, the Russian army will impose those upon you, basically issuing an ultimatum. We'd like you to surrender. If you don't want to negotiate, we want you to surrender. On the other side, the Ukrainians have said they would like the U.N. to host a peace summit, uh, with the mediator being the secretary general. But a precondition for that summit and Russian participation was that Russia had to accept uh, war crime tribunals for the atrocities they've committed in Ukraine. Well, it's pretty unlikely the Russians are going to accept that. So while both sides are, are talking that they'd be willing to negotiate, the preconditions that they demand, or any real, any real type of negotiations to begin, are certainly something that both sides would reject. Certainly. CBS military analyst Jeff McCausland joining us. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Deanna.